I'm gonna run and grab a, a drink of water because I just I just came from our like our office party. Mm-hmm. And I'm parched. He's parched. I've had like a really bad combination of things, like fajitas and sangria and coffee. Holy smokes! Uh, yeah. That doesn't pair well. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's gonna be. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. Will, would you like some water? Well, I mean, if you can offer. <laughs> he doesn't want to be parched. No. The parching. Nikki brought her own I'm water. I'm set. She's I brought water. Good. I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. I took a road trip from Buda, so I uh, I had to pack some yeah. some refreshments. No, I understand. That. <laughs> it's like an hour drive. About, uh, you know, the toll roads really oh, it's nice. It's amazing, right? Yeah, it I is. drove her on the toll road, too. I was in Lockhart this morning Ooh. yeah i uh so i was in lockhart for my deacon year okay so you were visiting so i went back and families uh, and stuff well yeah i actually um there's a there's a, a guy named raymond um raymond mendez and he he owns raymond's barber shop on the square there and on he's the been, square he's been cutting hair for 55 years or something like that. (laughs) Something ridiculous. Uh I mean, it just like, he learned how to cut it in the Air Force in the 50s and just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of cool. It's like, he's like, I don't know, 84 or something. Oh, dang. Is it your barber? Yeah, no, he's become my barber, dude. So uh, (laughs) it's pretty amazing. And I don't know, there's something about uh, having your hair cut by someone who could be like your great. sure he generates some nice conversations oh huh? he does he has great conversation it's just i don't know there's like a he has a wisdom which uh-huh. uh, probably comes from the barber chair a little bit but he also um <laughs> how much water do you just, uh, i know we're gonna have to have a bathroom break um, yeah um <laughs> but he also has like a um an incredible um i don't know like he has the arete which is like a Greek word meaning excellence of like, it's actually it's sort of where we get virtue from. Um, it kind of got translated into virtue in Latin. And then anyway, but the point being like, he is excellent at cutting hair, right? Like, and he doesn't care. <laughs> like, he's just like, this is, this is, this is how we cut hair, right? Like he doesn't ever ask me, how do you want your hair cut? Oh, it's wonderful. Because wow. I'm like, I That's kind of risky. No, it's wonderful. I, I guess don't for care. You, if you're picky, then it is risky, right? It's, it's confidence. No, it's like I know how your hair should should be cut. Oh, because I've been I've been cutting. He's a guru. Yeah, he's been cutting hair for fifty five years. Yeah. There's no like, I I don't even have the slightest idea of how my hair should be cut compared to interesting. That Although I am balding. Um, what the church has taken away, the Lord has provided. Mm. Tonsure is uh, is a real thing. Very nice. Very nice. What does Raymond say for that? How does he accommodate 
Well, he says situation. the guy's trying to put him out of business, but um, <laughs> <laughs> to which I say, there's always more young people with hair. Oh, sure. So. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of confidence. Yeah. To, um, to know what other people's, cause can you imagine if somebody came in? Cause I know my kids go in with, I needed a two on the sides and this on, and I don't even know what all that means. And then Raymond would be like, no, that's actually not what you need. Well, I'm, I'm sure that he would be kind uh, because that's part of the art of, uh, of barbering as well to like hmm. be kind to your hospitality, hospitality, yeah. Yeah. the He's hospitality kind, of yeah. barbering. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, go see Raymond in Lockhart. in Lockhart. I'm serious. It's like, is it just ex- called Raymond's barbershop? It's Raymond's barbershop. There's one chair. Nice. And in, he thought about, he was like, yeah, I thought about having another chair maybe and like renting it out. And this is, this is what makes me so happy about this place. Like we were talking, um, and he's like, I got to find someone to take this over. Right. Cause he doesn't, and he wants it to stay as a barbershop. Yeah. Cause I mean, Lockhart's growing like crazy right now. And so I'm sure he gets people asking, Hey, can we, can I, can I buy your building? Because yeah. he owns, oh, sure. he like owns sure. a build, the actual, part of the building. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been there for 60 years, so. That's cool. It's amazing. That's cool. Anyway, so. That's awesome. Hi, Nikki. Hello, James. How are you? I'm very good. I'm really excited today. Um, it's the fourth week of Advent. I know, Christmas is getting closer. Christmas is right around the corner. Um, we're, <sighs> we're, we're continuing that journey, continuing that time of real preparation for hopefully an encounter with the Lord. I feel like a little bit of a broken record uh, because we have been, um, I feel like our parts on these last few episodes that we've done have kind of been the same, but our, our guests have brought uh, such unique perspectives. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've each brought something really unique and, and um, really exciting to our listeners. And, and I think continued that conversation, especially for those listeners that are maybe uh, building this relationship with God, maybe from the yeah. ground up, right? Like there's, there's kind of starting fresh. Um, I have no doubt in my mind, this today's conversation is going to be great. Uh, one of my, someone I consider a very good friend. I'm really excited that he's here. Um, I still am not used to calling him father Will Rooney, uh, cause he's only been <laughs> ordained a priest, uh, for about six months, six months. Yeah. I was ordained six months ago, wow. about, uh, about six months ago, right over there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're we're here at Saint Vincent de Paul, oh, which wow. is where uh, the ordination actually actually happened, which is really that's cool. that's exciting. Um, but yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, Father Will Rooney. Father Will Rooney. Hi guys. Pa. Yeah. I guess uh, the way to introduce it's hi James, <laughs> hi Nikki. <laughs> Hello, Father Will. We, we don't we try Welcome. not to be too uh, stringent with the podcast rules. Okay, that's there are good. podcasts out there that are like you can't you know you can't make noise and oh, all, wow. all that. We don't. Yeah, well, I'm we trusting that you're going to be able to take all the noise that I'm going to make. Yeah, I like move around all the time. So. Yeah, you're good. You're good. No, no worries at all. Um, uh, so, Will, we're we're talking about Advent. We've been talking about Advent for however long Advent's been going on now. Um, a few weeks. A few weeks. A purple, uh, purple, pink, purple. Uh huh. We're we're while we're recording this, we're about to light the purple candle. But when mm. this comes out, uh, it'll be the fourth week of Advent. It'll actually it sure be. What, two days Ooh, before Christmas? Just two days, Because it'll yeah. be next Wednesday. Yeah. So it'll be like the 23rd when this oh, comes wow. out. Um, so Christmas will literally be, you know, just a couple of days away if you're hearing this. Um, or if you're hearing this at some other time in the future, um, you know, having that same expectation of Jesus and, and, and finding that, that joy, uh, that, um, that, that happiness that comes with Christmas yeah. uh, is mm-hmm. something that we're, we're really, we're really kind of working on. Um, 
So, Father Will, uh, I, I would love if you just shared a little bit about yourself with our listeners, where you're from, sure. um, your, your story. Yeah, um, thanks, James. Um, I grew up in uh, College Station, Texas, mostly. I was actually born in the, in the north at, in St. Paul, Minnesota, but uh, we got back to, uh, to Texas as quick as I could, as quick as, well, I mean, I didn't make myself get back because I was like four, so it would have been a long walk. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so um, we had a quick pit stop in Manhattan, Kansas for a couple of years when my brother David was born. And then got back to College Station when I was four. So I grew up in College Station. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas was my home parish um, growing up. Uh, let's see. Um, notable things, I have two brothers. Uh, they both have two kids now, and that's awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's a blast. And I'm a priest. And that's a, I, like, that's awesome. it's still mind-boggling <laughs> to me that I'm a priest. It's so awesome. Uh, it, like, not because I'm a priest, but because, like, the, the gift that's been given, right? Like it, it, it's just crazy. So, um, so are you, are you uncle father will or father uncle will? Uh, that's a great question. I, so amongst my family, like I don't really, I don't have a preference. So <laughs> uh-huh. I think I, I don't know which one my brother and sister-in-law kind of say towards, uh, like tell Liam to when call they're me referencing that, you. but Liam just calls me. He's my oldest nephew. Um, and he's almost three now. So he definitely knows who I am. And it's amazing when I walk in their house and he's like, uncle will. Aww. So, uh, like, uh, <laughs> so cool. he just calls me uncle will. That's so, cool. um, Maybe, yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably the way that it will be addressed. That's awesome. Um, there's something about that natural relationship that, I mean, right, like I still am Uncle Will, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm still my brother's brother and I'm still my mother's son, although my mom likes to make the joke that she's like her own grand. Anyway, because like <laughs> I'm her father in the, anyway, but yeah, so it can get really spicy, but, um, uh, but, uh, it's very <laughs> mind warped there. That's but, cool. um, yeah, so I grew up in college station, went to public schools, uh, was part of the youth group, altar served. I don't know what you want to know more about uh, it particularly. Is how, there, is there a, a particular, uh, uh, four year university that you like to represent? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I haven't been re brainwashed again. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm an Aggie grad class of 13. Nice. Whoop. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's required for it's me to do thing, that. Huh? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I'm class of 13. I have a bachelor's degree in biological and agricultural engineering. Um, and, uh, then I went to seminary right after that. Um, so occasionally I do some engineering thing and I'm like, oh man, um, I used to know the math behind this, <laughs> but now I have like, I know I could go find it in something, but I have zero idea. You never idea. know. You never know when it's going to come back. Yeah. yeah. For you know. to recall. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, I actually have a friend who is, uh, who's he's a priest and he's really interested in math right now because he loves philosophy and he started studying the philosophy of science just kind of as like a pet project and then he realized that he'd never taken calculus and he was like i'm not understanding any phys any of the physics because i don't understand the calculus and then and so he's like putting himself through khan academy <laughs> Like wow. doing the calculus, he's a super smart dude. To do it because you want to learn. Yeah, That's just impressive. to learn, right? Yeah. And so um, I I met this guy who's a PhD student uh, in math at UT, who's one of my parishioners. And uh, it was really cool. We all got together um, last, 
last Saturday and like sat down and, and they started talking and I listened and started, it was just like, it was great. Like I, I love to learn. Um, that's probably something that's noteworthy. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. I like for that. Sure. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, you said something really interesting. You said, uh, the, the gift of the priesthood, you said that the, you know, that, that as opposed to, I think oftentimes, um, on a very basic level, we think about the priesthood as just sacrifice, right? Like we think about the, the priesthood or any kind of religious life we've been speaking with, yeah. um, you know, priests and, and uh, consecrated religious uh, the last several weeks. And um, we do tend to think about that as a, uh, you know, you, as, as just a sacrifice. It kind of stops there. But there's more to that, um, more to that relationship, obviously. And, and you, you use that word gift. Uh, mm. That's a... That's also a big buzzy word around Christmas time, right? Um, kind oh, of yeah, that's true. Explain that. Explain that idea of 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 the you of know, gift of, yeah. of gift. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I actually think that it's the more fundamental aspect. Um, yes, priesthood is a sacrifice, and so is marriage, and so is any vocation um, in the life in the following Christ. I mean, following Christ in itself is a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. right? You don't follow Christ without sacrifice because where the master goes, so the disciple follows. But, um, fundamentally, even more based, like at a more basic level, it's a gift. It's all a gift. And, um, it's a gift because, um, well, I mean, it's a gift because like to be able to follow Christ is every happiness is every flourishing that we could ever wish for right like encountering him is the the uh it is what our hearts are made for as human beings and so um i i like as a one who, who's been ordained um my vocation to the priesthood which is my way of giving myself away and is like that ability to give myself away in that way is a gift, wow. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, I mean, that, that flows from the gift of first encountering Christ and, um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and then then becoming his disciple really in, a, in, a, in an important way there. And then that's a gift. And then there's a deepening of that in any vocation. Um, mm. So that, that's why I use the word gift. Um, there's this kind of, I've been trying to work this out in my head a little bit, and I'm sure there's theologians that have talked about this much more eloquently than, than I could do, but um, the sacrifice of the cross, right? It, it's a sacrifice. Let's, let's make no bones about it. Christ died for you and for me so that we might encounter uh, his father. Um, but it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Like, mm. Like Christ himself is giving thanks to his father for, for this, this, uh, not, not for the pain, not for the, any of that, but for the great love, uh, which is being made manifest in his, in his giving. Mm. And so, um, right. And why do I know that? Well, I know that because the Eucharist is a sacrifice of Thanksgiving and the sacrifice of the Eucharist and the sacrifice of the cross are the same. They're not different. It's one and the same sacrifice, hmm. and it's being offered to the Father. So I don't know. This is getting maybe a little bit, a little bit deep there. No, but, that's but okay. It's that's like okay. that's that's my uh, that, yeah. That's, so the so the 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 um, that idea of 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 
I don't know, kind of this reciprocal action, right? Mm -hmm. uh, meaning we, we uh, oftentimes we think it starts with us, right? Um, it, it doesn't, we can, yeah. we can get into to why that is, but um, you know, so we sacrifice something and, and God gives us something back or, or we, we, we reach out to God um, and God responds, mm -hmm. right? And there's, I think sometimes we, we think about that action as, um, as one, uh, a one-time thing, which is, mm. which is kind of tragic that it's just kind of, uh, in this singular moment, I prayed and nothing happened mm -hmm. or I prayed mm -hmm. and something happened. Right. But right. it's just this kind of singular thing. And then we also think about that as, um, uh, we've, we've, we've talked about it before, um, sort of this obligatory step in our relationship with God that because we, um, because we know God exists or, or because we've had some kind of, um, uh, experience with God, um, that we're kind of like obligated to, you know, whether it's culturally or, or as part of your family or even just something that you just, you know, you just do out of habit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's true of Advent. I think Advent, if there's anything that I've learned, uh, in this, this time that we've taken speaking with people, it's that Advent for a lot of people, I think is, is a very, it's an, it's an unopened gift. It's a, it's a, it's a gift that we kind of put up on the shelf and, and we, you know, and, and it is, it is ironic that we're yeah. approaching the Christmas season and that's how so many of us, um, uh, really approach that. What, what would you, what, how, how did you maybe know, uh, in your, in your life, how do you know on a day-to-day -day basis, like, to, like what, what keeps you motivated to keep opening that gift, um, of, of a relationship with God? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe to kind of um, characterize how I do it now, I just kind of back up um, in my life a little bit. Um, I so I grew up Catholic. I grew up going to mass. We that was that was like a non-negotiable. Right? Like mm -hmm. I can think of a couple of times in in my entire like growing up years that we didn't go to mass when someone like if it if we didn't go to mass and someone wasn't sick, right? Like mm -hmm. you know so. Um, yeah, I mean, um, but, and I even, I even kind of like enjoyed going to church in, in a lot of ways. I, like I said, I altar served and, uh, different stuff like that. But, um, I encountered Christ as a person that I could have a relationship with, not just one to be kind of studied or, or prayed to, um, when I was about 14 and, and, um, moms as they do. I'm sure Nikki can speak to this. <laughs> they have a certain way of just knowing, um, it, almost intuitively what is going to be good for their kids. And, uh, my mom, uh, she, she said, you're going on this retreat. And I said, well, I don't know about that. That's, that seems a little bit weird. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was awesome. Um, and I, I experienced, um, or encountered Christ in a way that was, um, it was just like, oh, you've been seeking me, mm -hmm. right? Um, uh, through, and that was through the sacrament of reconciliation, and we could get into that more. But um, you know, I, I wasn't like an awful kid. I just was struggling with everything that every other, you know, like we got, we all got our stuff, and mm -hmm. um, to recognize, oh, I, you know, I, that's this is true. I do need a savior, and. Hey, guess what? There is one. And his name's Jesus, right? And he he actually seeks me. He, and like you said, James, I, we often think that um, we seek God, but really our ability to seek God comes from the fact that God is seeking us first. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Okay. So, in eighth grade and in fourth grade science right now, we're studying the forces of motion. And I'm looking at the same app with both of my kids who are doing virtual school. So we're looking at friction force and applied force. And I'm thinking of that as like God and us, but he's always presenting and applying a little bit more force and not in a forceful way. We've talked about that before, but just in the active pursuit to know us and um, encounter us so that we can encounter him. Mm -hmm. And I love that um, when you were talking about that, I feel like, would it be appropriate to say that for you, that retreat when you were 14, it, the difference was made when you realized he was pursuing you specifically and individually as opposed to all the people but you specifically will rooney yeah i mean i think that that's that's uh that's fundamental um is the recognition that that christ really does love you right mm-hmm. in the singular mm-hmm. right um two right like right. you not not everybody right but you um and you know like that's it's so important and and i i want to be careful right like it that's not divorced ever from the the fact that uh our encounter with christ is always through other people right and Mm. he he i like to say like this um christ loves you and he died for you but never just you and never Mm. right like he it's always it's always at at once an individual love Mm. and the love for every person Right? Yeah. And so these two, these two things are not opposed at all, mm-hmm. but, but, um, and I wouldn't have been able to ex- explain that at all, uh, when I was 14, mm-hmm. but, and so it is, it is fundamental. I think we come to the recognition first, oh my gosh, right? Like there's a God who loves me, right? And who died for me. And like, what am I going to do about that? Right. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that's awesome. You know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's a, a really fair point. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the framework of of Advent and Christmas, you know, we we've we've talked about how we're um, we're approaching, or or you know, to to continue the conversation, God is approaching us. God is pursuing us um, as this very vulnerable um, baby in a manger, mm-hmm. right? And and you know, as the the faithful, we're asked to. Um, to reconcile that, I think a lot of the time, or, or a lot of people maybe have a tough time reconciling that with uh, the God of the Old Testament, Recon- mm-hmm. reconciling it with um, maybe maybe their own guilt, their own shame, their own uh, their own perception of, of maybe the fact that God is is mad at them, or or maybe these big fundamental life questions that they have for God, right? And um, so so you know for 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 me what I often struggle with during Advent is kind of, is, is keeping that in perspective, right? So, so I, I, I'm a very visual person and I imagine like the, 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 the stable or, you know, the, the barn literally mm-hmm. where Jesus was born, right? Kind of on the horizon, right? And kind of this manger scene and I'm like approaching, mm-hmm. um, and there's, you know, there's, there's all these things that kind of come up emotionally or, or mm. sometimes even like philosophically that, that block out that scene for me that, that become like little, you know, little obstacles on the, on the horizon. Um, thinking about it in the way that you're thinking about it, that, 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 uh, that act of the incarnation, right. Which mm. is, the, it's the ultimate symbol of God's pursuit of us, Absolutely. right. You know, yeah. um, 
that act of the incarnation is also uniquely for me. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, it doesn't exclude anybody else, right? It's right. uniquely mm-hmm. for everyone, but it is uniquely for me. And, and that to me at, at, um, at, at Christmas is always so, it's always so powerful to think about like that, that child in the manger, um, you know, we don't, we don't think about any other child, you know, ever that's like, that's ever born. That child in the manger is in some way like my child. Like it's like, he is, he is born for me, um, and for a relationship with me. Mm. Um, I, I, I kind of want to, want to ask you like as a, as a, as a priest, if you, when you, and, and you, you've been a priest six months, um, when these, these questions of, um, you know, someone's real value, someone's real worthiness of having this one-on-one relationship with, with God come up. I mean, because that's really what gets in the way of it, right? Is our, yeah. is our own stuff. You said we all, we all have our stuff. When that stuff gets in the way, what do you, what's, what's the first thing you tell people? Where do you, where do you kind of go in that conversation uh, just to reassure people that, that they're on the right track? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've said it and, and it, it doesn't apply to one Senate or any, like in, in particular, right? Um, but I've said probably hundreds of times already in confession, God really, really, really loves you, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. I just, and I know that there's, there's, um, right, and, and there's so many ways to, to, to point that out, right? Um, and you can, and, and I think that that's, that's the way to it, right? Like you just have to relentlessly point out and this might be for, for people who are, who are see a loved one or someone um, struggling, right? You just got to relentlessly point out, hey, do, do you see that? Like, do you notice this? Do you? And I don't mean um, I, I mean primarily, right? The the act of the incarnation and and the fact that Christ died for you on a cross, but I mean every day, mm-hmm. right? Hey, did you notice that um, that person was really kind? Hmm. Hey, did you notice that like because. Um, and I, I'm not sure where this this idea came from, but like the way you look at the world changes. Mm-hmm. If if you believe that God loves you, mm-hmm. right, then everything like the way you look at the world changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having this profound experience um, when I was on a retreat one time. Um, it was the first like long silent retreat I'd had, and I was walking one day. Um, and it was the summertime in Omaha, Nebraska, where we were doing this retreat. Um, and I saw these flowers, right? And I was just like, oh my gosh, God in his providence, like from all of time has arranged it so that I'm going to walk past these flowers at this specific time of day. And they're going to be beautiful. Not, not necessarily for everybody. Right. But for me, Mm -hmm. right. I mean, it doesn't take away from the possibility that they could be beautiful for the other people around them. But for me, right? Like I get yeah. to experience, I get to, to, to rejoice in this beauty. Um, and, and he does that for, for everybody, mm-hmm. for, for each and every person. And so, um, I, you know, we, we go back to the manger, right? We go back to this baby. Well, what does a baby do? I mean, like babies bring joy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they bring a lot of heartbreak sometimes, but they also bring joy for the most part. Like the little baby, especially there's nothing, right? Babies are delightful. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you walk up to them and, and, and there's just like, 
your heart melts. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I remember the first time I held my, my oldest nephew and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm the oldest of all my cousins, so I'd, I'd held babies a lot. But uh, there's just something so beautiful about mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, and, and, and then they're, they're defenseless, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like this, this movement of our heart to want to love them. Um, because they're delightful and defenseless, and uh, and, and so it's just a, a like it's such a gift, and mm-hmm. so so I think that um, Christ is trying to show at all times, like God is always trying to show His love for you. Um, so will you will you receive that love? Mm-hmm. That that's kind of my thing. Is um, the the truth is God loves you. And, and, and you may not be able to see that right now. That's often the case when we're, when we're in sin or we're struggling with something or there's an addiction or we're struggling with mental illness, any of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Or just having a bad day, right? Like it doesn't have to be something serious. Right. Sometimes we, we just forget, right? And when we forget that, when we forget that God loves us, we start to question all of the experiences we've had in the past of his love, we also stop seeing it mm-hmm. in the the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I think a helpful analogy here and um, or helpful image is like a friendship or a good marriage, right? Um, you, in a, in a good friendship, right, you just, you trust Right? You, because of the uh, all of these other things, right? You you trust, mm-hmm. right? You trust that this person is actually acting for my good, not for my for my evil, right. and uh, and that colors how you interpret every action of that that person. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's similar, right? But God is ultimately trustworthy, right? Uh, friends can betray us; God doesn't betray us, right? And so um, yeah, so I don't know if that that could be helpful to folks to think about, absolutely, like. like God is your friend. He is acting for your good. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, and there's there is a there is a big um, uh, there is a big part of the conversation out there. I think, and 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 it's not uh, it's not new to our time and place or culture or environment or whatever. There's a big part of the conversation out there that that wonders, like you know. Um, like, like what is, what is God up to? It's, it's, it's like, it's like Adam hiding from God in the garden and maybe wondering like, like God is going to find me and punish me. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or wondering, you know, what is, what is God trying to trick me into? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the, the, um, answering that question, I think for people is tough because it, it has to be oftentimes like you experienced, it has to be a, a personal experience, mm-hmm. um, or a, or a series of personal experiences that kind of builds into, a, a real relationship, yeah. But that's not any different than any other friend that we have, right? Like, right. like yeah. that's how all of our that's how communion works mm-hmm. between people. That's that's how that's how we build relationships. Um, so maybe then it becomes for people like giving. Okay, then 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 you know at the at the end of John's gospel, Jesus says, "I I call you my friends," right? Yeah, and fr- John fifteen and the, fifteen, and and and. and and this idea of friendship is kind of put up on a pedestal. It's, it's mm. like, it's redefined, right. As something really holy, really amazing. Yeah. Um, how do we maybe, uh, maybe for the, maybe for people that are listening for the first time, or maybe people that are just struggling to, to, 
kind of keep Jesus in their crosshairs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How do we encourage those people to let Jesus be their friend? Hmm. How, how 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 do we just let God be our friend? That's a that's a wonderful question. I, I mean, I, we we keep touch. We keep going to this this theme of like he pursues you first, right? Because right before he says, uh, "I have called you," f- I, I no longer call you slaves. I have called you fr- rather. I've called you friends. For I've shared everything that my father has uh, made known to me. I've given to you. That's that's the rest of that verse. He also says, um, maybe ten verses before that, he says. Um, I have chosen you. You have not chosen me. I've chosen you, right? Mm-hmm. So the reality is that God is the one who's acting first. Um, and it's to be his friend, right? We have to say yes. So how do you, how do you say yes is the question you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he says, uh, you, right after that, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command you, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I'm not... Right, that that can sound very like, if you do this, right, which it does sound like that, mm-hmm. right, but it's more like a, a statement of fact. You mm-hmm. are my friends. You're acting as a you friend to me, if you if you're doing what I command you, right. Ah. So it's not it's not like uh, the the offer of friendship is there. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and you can we can go back to the human analogy of friendship. Every friendship begins by one person extending an act of friendship to another who is not their friend, right? Mm-hmm. Think of your first grade friendship, mm-hmm. right? Little Susie comes yeah. up to little Johnny and says, do you want to be my friend, mm-hmm. right? They're not friends at that point, right. but what she's doing is an act of friendship. Okay. And so it, it like invites the other person into it. Little Johnny could say no, right? right. We're little Johnny, you know, <laughs> this analogy is going to break down very quick. But, but the thing is like, the offer of friendship with God persists. And mm-hmm. so um, if you, I guess my, my, my plea for people who, who might be um, struggling, who might be doubting in this moment or might be going through a time of desolation, right? They've, they've encountered Christ maybe in the past and they're like, was that really real? Is friendship continues uh, with trust, right? Mm-hmm. And you just, you, you keep doing the things that a friend does and mm. and trusting that God is actually who he says he is. Hmm. And so um, what does that look like? Well, that looks like very practically like even when you don't want to pray, praying. Mm-hmm. Even when you even when it seems like it's impossible to follow this commandment, right? Following the commandment. Um, and all of those things. And when you fail, asking for forgiveness, right? Like, how do you build, how do you come back into relationship and a friendship? Well, you ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so, uh, right. He makes the first move. He comes to us, right. Little baby Jesus. And then shows us himself. He reveals the father to us. Um, and he's continually offering that. And what he's saying is, is like, I, I want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to be with you. Um, and it's not, the, the, one, the difference between a human friendship and a divine friendship, like the friendship we have with God, is that um, in human friendship, there can be an element of, of self-interest, right? I want you to be my friend because, like, it helps me. Sure. 
you're you're popular or you're attractive yeah, or whatever. I mean, yeah. And and so we all know that that's less than the best type of friendship, even amongst human beings. But in in our friendship with God, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. need you. Right, like he doesn't need you. I, 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 if I could, if I could, uh, for for a lot of people who have like had the initial encounter with Christ and are trying to follow Him, I think that that's one of the most difficult lessons to to learn. God doesn't need you, which is great news because if He wants to be in relationship with you, it can only be because He loves you. Mm -hmm. That's it, Mm -hmm. right? There's no, there's no, uh, there's no. Egoism. Mm-hmm. There's no like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like make sure that we stay friends because if I am not friends with this person, then yeah. my life's gonna be really hard. And, and mm-hmm. No, none of that, right? He doesn't need you. He just wants you to flourish, right? Mm-hmm. He just wants you to be who he created you to be, um, and he's giving you the grace to do it. Um, so, be like, open your heart, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. can be as simple as if you're really struggling, if you've never encountered Christ, literally. Just start by praying like a minute a day mm-hmm. <laughs> and just say, Lord Jesus, if you are real, if you are who you say you are, help me, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Yeah. Just start with that. Mm-hmm. Start with that um, and, uh, and and grow from there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's, that's what I would that's that's cool because all of our podcast guests have basically said that same thing. Like yeah. if like if you don't if you don't know what this relationship is supposed to look like, if you don't know what a um, a, a real conversation with God is supposed to be, it doesn't have to be really anything. It doesn't have to be perfect. It it just has to be uh, again a taking taking a little bit of a risk, taking a little bit of a step, opening up your heart. Um, you know, spending a minute, three minutes, five minutes. Yeah. Um, just, just asking Jesus to be present, right? Asking yeah. Jesus to be in your life uh, in a more profound way. Um, that's not necessarily like Jesus finally going, oh, okay, finally, Nikki, you're, you know, okay. I'm, that's, that's, Let me in. That's like, that's us sort of. Right, sort we of, complicate things. Yeah, that's lot. us sort of cleaning out the cobwebs, right? Yeah. Which is, I think, a, a really great, um, uh, a, a really great image for, for Advent, um, are we are we making room in the inn, mm. right? Are, are we that mm. that innkeeper that yeah. says, hey, "Hey, you know the the building's full. Sorry, the you know the, the room's full," um, or are we someone that says, "You know, I'm God. I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find a minute, yeah, a minute. It can be as simple Carve as a minute out. in my in my day, um, you know, a tiny little corner of my home or or a little bit of, of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a place for you to come and kind of make your home with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a really um, a really important image, the entire liturgical year, but certainly certainly during during Advent. Yeah, and when you talked about earlier, the idea of Advent as a gift, if we're thinking of it as like a present, you know, so so here's God presenting Himself to us as a present that's always available, and really it is um, our it's our move uh, to to take it and to begin to unwrap it. And, you know, what I hear you saying, Father Will, is we can unwrap it slowly. It doesn't need to happen. You know, we don't need to have the have the full, a full encounter moment at one time, but we can take our time and gradually get to know him with um, small steps yeah, towards, I mean, towards sure. him. Absolutely. I, I think that, um, yeah, it, it, you're, you're like, 
God works in very mysterious ways. Um, I, I think he would love for all of us to just be like the three-year-old who rips I the, rip it off. Yeah, ass. let's go really fast, right? <laughs> I, I often hear that mothers spend hours wrapping presents, and then it's all over. In Destroyed. Like, in yeah, <laughs> so quick. But it's a, like he loves it. He rejoices in that, right? Like he would rejoice in that reality. Um, but, you know, this goes back to providence, right? God has a plan. Providence is just like the plan of God. It's how we, we see that it comes from the word that means to like see ahead, mm-hmm. pro videre, mm-hmm. right? To see ahead um, and to provide. It's the same way we get the word provide. Mm-hmm. And so God is providing. Like he's providing. And so um, he's providing for you and for me to to grow in that desire for him and so that we can rip off the, yeah. the, the present. Um, yeah. So, and, and I would say that, um, particularly for those who have encountered Christ already mm-hmm. and are just like maybe struggling now and they're kind of in a, a period of desolation. One thing to keep in mind is by exercising your desire for God, when you don't, when you don't feel like the touchy feely, mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want to love God kind of thing. Um, you are growing in desire for him, right? Like by exercise, mm-hmm. desire is grown by its exercise, right? And, okay. And so sometimes God allows that to happen. Just like um, an analogy that I've heard is like, if you if you have like a four-year-old or a three-year-old and they haven't really been around bikes or they haven't really seen someone biking before um, and you like, you, you want, but you want them to learn how to re- ride a bike, um, maybe the first time they get on that bike, they're like really wobbly. And so they, they don't want to do it. Right. Uh-huh. But if you like point out, Oh, look, that look at that kid. He's having so much fun riding the bike uh-huh. and, and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. It actually kind of grows the desire right. uh, for, for the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a, a thing analogy, but God sometimes will not give us consolations which are like the warm, fuzzy feelings, mm-hmm. um, in order to grow our desire for him. Ah. Right? Like, and so that's not opposed to being in relationship with Christ. Um, yeah. So, Which, again, comes back to like uh, a couple of great things that we've touched on. Um, one, uh, what, what Father Carl said, that your desire is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like oh, your, yeah. your desire is a, it's a, it's a fundamental gift from God. Um, the, the second thing being that uh, this Advent journey, it's not, it's not supposed to be easy. No. It's not, it's not, or, or I, I should say it's not guaranteed that it's, that yeah. it's going to be easy. I think it's, that, that there's that, we would use the word potential. So it feels mm-hmm. like, you know, a potential energy, potential gift. The gift is there and the potential comes to fruition when we unwrap it, when we exactly. make the choice and take the step. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, very cool. Um, so, uh, when you've you've I'm, I'm interested to to kind of hear um th- there is so much kind of shifting gears here a little bit there is so much that's out there about um about the church right now mm-hmm. there's so many misconceptions there's so many things that people um struggle with this teaching or that teaching or you know you you can go and and uh you know go to mass at some random parish and maybe get a bad homily, maybe you get like not exactly what you were looking for. Right. And that, mm-hmm. that colors people's, you know, um, per- perception of what the church is, um, as a, 
as a baby priest, as a priest who's only been a priest for about six months. <laughs> like, what is it, um, and not like any scandalous details, like, like uh, I know, and, and because you and I have talked about it, um, you know, not, not in a recorded environment, <laughs> like, how, how beautiful is it to to provide the sacraments how, or, or to be the instrument of the sacraments. Oh my gosh. How, 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 how is it, um, what is it, what is it like for someone that's, you know, you're, 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 you're young, you're a, you're a millennial, right? Yeah, you've, yeah. you've, you've decided to kind of take on this huge endeavor in the vocation of the priesthood. Um, a lot of people would wonder like, what are you thinking? Like, well, why, <laughs> like, why are you, why are you doing that? Like, what, what do you, what do you say to that? Well, uh, okay. Yeah, no, that's I'm good. What are you thinking? Um, I, I there's a quote from a guy named Father Pedro Rupe that um, is really good. Um, figure out what you love, and I'm paraphrasing. It's not it's not the exact quote. Figure out what you love, um, because what you love is what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. It's mm-hmm. what's going to be. It's going to like determine everything, right? Fall in love, stay in love, and that'll make all the difference. And uh, yeah, I mean. I, it, it's a response to God's loving me, right? Um, I, I truly believe that God is calling me, has called me to this, right? He made me, uh, he made me in a particular way that to, to give myself away as a priest, right? We're all called to give ourselves away. That's the, the fulfillment of, of human because it's it's imitating Christ, right? Um, and uh, I, so, like, that's the reason, right? And it, it, it's I want to imitate Christ so completely, and this is the way I think He's calling me. I well, I know He's calling me. It's not even I think anymore, right? I know God is calling me to the priesthood, like not he's calling me to it. He's already called me into it. He's made me like to share in His own priesthood, and uh, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, are there scandals in the church? Absolutely. Are there things? I, I mean, guys, I'll, I'll let you know the secret. Priests go to other other parishes sometimes, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like what <laughs> is going on right here?" You know, like, and and I'm sure, uh, you know, that happens. I'm sure people have already said that about me, right? Like, I, I have no doubt. Um, but. The reality is those things are important, but they pale in comparison to the love of Christ. And to be able to share the love of Christ in such an amazing way as to give his very body to people, mm-hmm. to give his um, forgiveness to people, to be the instrument by which these people, by which people come to encounter Christ uh, every day and to dedicate my entire life to that I can't think of anything better right like I, I just I love it right and and I want to emphasize I, that's a gift right it, not every person is called to be a priest clearly and not every uh, person right like there's there's a specific like a, I, there's a gift there and the Lord um, has given me this gift and I can't think of anything better than to say yes to that. Um, so, um, yeah, you want to talk about the experiential stuff? I love celebrating Mass 
I mean, like, I love it. I love hearing that you love celebrating yeah. this. I do. That makes me cool. so happy. I, I mean, I, I especially love it. I would. I think I would love it even more if there were more people there. Yeah. <laughs> for COVID. It's but, a weird uh, time. But it's still like it's. Um, I have been moved to tears celebrating mass. Mm. Right now, there are days, and I've already. I mean, I've been a priest five months. Um, there are days where I forget what I'm doing. Right, like you know, you you kind of get into a routine, but when whenever I stop, whenever I, that happens, I stop and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I am about to offer the same sacrifice, like to offer the one sacrifice once again to represent it to Christ or to God, the Father, um, in union with Christ, like. <laughs> I can't even describe like you guys you had to see the face that's why you yes. laughed like, it's just mind boggling mm-hmm. and um or I'm hearing confessions and I, right it will be like a random Tuesday and someone will come in and they'll be like bless me father for I have sinned it's been 10 years uh. okay uh how did you get back here? Because yeah. I want to hear that story. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, home. Yeah, yeah, like, and I, I don't mean like I want to hear that story because you like, I, I'm, not, I'm not curious, right? Are. But like, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Right? I, and so, um, those are, those are, those are things that stick out in my mind. Um, there's also just like, um, see, we talk about the sacraments and those are definitely the highlights mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but, in a sense, I am a sacrament, right? Like, I walk around with a collar on, and some people don't know what that means anymore, and that's a, that's that's the reality of a post-Christian world. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, there's a, there, like, just my, who I am has to, it should be becoming more and more um, such that Christ is seen through me. It's no longer I who live, mm-hmm. but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. And that every person that I encounter they encounter Christ mm-hmm. um, and I point them to him and to the fact that they're made for something something much more than uh, than just kind of a mundane even 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 a great secular life mm-hmm. right um, even if you have all the money in the world all this stuff right you're made for something even more um, you know honestly um, one of the things that's rather controversial I guess in the secular culture, or rather strange, is the whole thing of celibacy. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, like, it opens so many doors, right? Like, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's like when, when someone hears you're a Catholic priest, and so that means you can't get married, right? Yeah, that's right. I, I made a promise not uh-huh. to get married. And it the conversations that have come from that, because I can say, well, I don't disparage marriage. I, like, I, my parents have been married for 35 years this year, I think. I think that's right. 35, 34, <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Um, 33, somewhere in there. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was 87, so that'd be 33. Um, it's coming up actually this Friday. Wow. Um, I think is there. You need to get a card in the mail or something. <laughs> I'll probably call. <laughs> Not much for cards. Uh, I, I, actually, that's terrible. I'm, I'm a terrible. <laughs> I should really do cards probably more. Anyway, but the, and like I see my brother. My brothers, who are both married, both have kids. I have really good friends who are married, and it is amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like, the natural desire for marriage and family does not go away. But I'm willing to sacrifice that 
to point out to everybody that even, even the best marriage is not the ultimate fulfillment of your heart. Hmm. Only Christ is that fulfillment. Hmm. And uh, you're made for him, period. Um, so that's, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's where I am. I love that. I think it's beautiful that I, um, as Catholics, we often talk about the gift of the priesthood, the, the gift that the priesthood is to us as um, Catholic people in our parishes because of what you do for us. That sounds bad to say now. No, know. that's true. But right? like, I, that's a fun Way to say it. it is. Well, I mean, yeah. Celebrating the mass mm-hmm. and being available to hear our confessions and celebrating marriages and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I, I am, uh, enamored with your joy for the gift that the priesthood is to you, like that you have embodied how amazing it is that God has gifted this calling to you. Mm-hmm. I just am, uh, grateful that you see it that way. Well, thanks. That you're aware. I'm grateful that God gave me the eyes to see it that way. Yeah. Because the priesthood as as just an instrumental thing, it's like it wouldn't be enough. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it would be in a sense, but it, it, there's something more, right? There's mm-hmm. there's the gift to the man himself. And mm-hmm. um, once it goes, once again, it goes back to that, that idea. God doesn't need priests. He doesn't need priests. There's no reason that he had to had mm-hmm. to have this way of, of doing it, but he chose it. Yeah. Right. God doesn't, didn't have to create human beings so that they would be married. He doesn't need marriage to, but he did. He, but he did. And that's where like, that's where it all starts is uh-huh. okay. That means that this marriage, family, priesthood, religious life, even just living, right. Because it's contingent because it doesn't have to be right. Mm-hmm. It means it's a gift. It's a gift. Unwrap it, people. It, like, and let's go. You know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, and so, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. It, it, the the giving of myself away is, in fact, a gift of the Lord in working. In it me. is. I um, appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, and I want. I you know, I'm, I I'm enthusiastic about it. I don't want to. I just just kind of a, a closing thing. Like, I don't want to. Um, like paint a too rosy picture, right? Like it's hard to be a priest and it's sure. hard to be married. And, sure. Um, there are, there's days where it's like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is not working the way I, and I, I want things to be perfect right now and let's go. But, um, that's just not the way it works. Right. And so I constantly, I have to do precisely what I said, um, that we should all be doing is I have to take a moment and I have to say, okay, Lord, like you're real, <laughs> you know, like, and I am not you. <laughs> so, uh, help me, mm-hmm. right. Help me, um, show me, teach me right now. So yeah. that's awesome. And that, I, I think, um, maybe, maybe extremely providentially, um, sums up the conversation we've been mm-hmm. having all Advent, which is that there is a, um, there's a baby waiting in a manger, right. And mm-hmm. he's, and he's, um, you know, we, we think of him as kind of laying there like this little, you know, like I've said before, this little squirmy, squishy. squirmy, squishy <laughs> thing. Right. And, and that's adorable and that's great. Um, but that, that manger is this sign of, of God's, um, very deep and very, uh, intentional love for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And a, and a love that, that doesn't quit a love that literally, you know, goes all the way to the cross and then goes beyond the cross, beyond yeah. the grave. 
Um, and that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I, I think what I've really, I don't know about you, Nikki, but what I've really heard today is to unwrap the gift. Unwrap the gift. We, yeah. we, we have to, we have to spend some time, um, in God's presence. We have to spend some time letting God be God in our lives, mm-hmm. right? Not, not seeing him through, not seeing him through a window, not, not like, you know, we don't want to leave that gift up on the shelf. Cause he's really, not forceful. Exactly. It's not going to unwrap itself. Exactly. And we've, we've got to give him some room to really, um, uh, apply himself to mm-hmm. our lives practically. And that, and that takes, it takes work. It takes, um, you know, just like in a marriage, just like in mm-hmm. priesthood, just like in your, in your nine to five job, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're doing it takes practice. It takes work. Anything, anything worth doing, it's, it's worth practicing. Mm-hmm. It's worth putting some real effort into, right? For sure. Um, that's, that's, I, I think a, a really, um, a really wonderful message for for our, our, our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, well, th- thank you for having me here. Um, you know, I might recommend um, just as a, sure. a practice as we get to Christmas. Um, I don't know where this meditation comes from, but just get the get the Gospel of the Nativity, open mm-hmm. it up, read it, and um, place yourself there at the at the manger. Mm-hmm. Right? Even imagine it. Look at the baby Jesus, right? Because um, when you look at Jesus lying in the manger, that baby is God. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and that's worth just thinking about. And and even, like, think about picking him up. I mean, if you've ever held the baby, right? Like, how small, how fragile, all, all of these things. There's only one response. That's to love. Mm-hmm. Let your, and let your heart just melt. That is a, I, I only know this because I told my middle schoolers yesterday, that is Luke 1, uh, chapter 20, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through Luke chapter 2, verse 20. That's there the, it is. That's the infancy of Christ. Wow. So, um, it, and it's really, it sounds like a lot. It's not, it's not, it's, uh, it's like, honestly, like a page and a half in the Bible. It's not, it's not a huge deal to read. So uh, go do that. That's very Wait, cool. So I don't think that's right, James. Are you sure? It's going to be right it's in our Matthew. show notes. It's Matthew. I'm pretty sure it's Matthew because Luke 1.56 is the Magnificat. We're pulling up the USCCB. Here we go. <laughs> it's Matthew because that's, that's the one that was from this Sunday or this coming Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> that's no. Um, what? Oh, well, okay. So it. It, it, includes, it, it includes it includes it includes Mary's, everything. Yeah, yeah it includes yeah. that includes Zachariah. That includes a bunch of stuff. Okay, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff in there, but it's it's good. It's good. You should read it. It's awesome. Um, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Okay, that's there the take home message. That's the take home <laughs> message. Um, I also wanted to. I, I know we're we're short on time. I, I also wanted to um, give you a chance to. You you have a uh, a blog website um, where a lot of your your Ooh. homilies wind up, which I think are very. Uh, very cool, and I was going to give you a chance to to cool to share that with our listeners. Um, yeah, so I um, I usually not every week. Sometimes things happen, um, but uh, uh, I usually post my homilies um, on Luke ten forty one dot com. So it's Luke the Gospel, mm-hmm. and then the number ten and the number forty one all together. Gotcha. Dot com. Dot com. Cool. Dot com. That's awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I actually, one, if you want a, a little Christmas meditation a little bit early, um, there's a homily from last year called um, the delightful, the yeah delightful, demanding, 
baby. I can't remember. I had three D words, I'm pretty sure, because I like to alliterate sometimes because it helps me to remember, but I can't remember. <laughs> so that's great. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, that's it. The defenseless, delightful, demanding baby. Um, and so, it, yeah. Um, so it, I think that um, it might be worth a little meditation there. So Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. That's very cool. Uh, would you like to pray us out? Something sure. We're asking all of our, all of our Advent guests yeah. to do. All right, Thank let's you. pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Mighty and gracious God, thank you so much for this gift of the day that you've given us. Thank you for all of the people who will hear these words today. Thank you for, um, for every gift that you give us, Lord. Help us to have the eyes to see those gifts, the ways that you show us that you love us, both small and big. We especially thank you, Lord, for um, for your son who, in great humility, um, just came. He came, and he didn't have to come for us. Um, and so we, we know that he came only because he, because you love us, Father, because he loves us. Lord, send your spirit down upon us in this moment that we might come to a greater love for your son and for you. Grant us the ability to open our hearts even just a little bit that we might receive your son um, each and every day of our lives. Lord, we especially pray for those who who, um, have not come to know you yet. Lord, I pray for them that that they might... um, open their hearts more and more, that you might break their hearts um, and, and, and make your presence known to them. And pray for um, those who do know you, Lord, who are going through times of trial or tribulation or desolation, that, that they might know that you are still there, that you are but growing their desire for you. Lord, we pray for those who are in times of joy as well, that they might rejoice in, in your presence. Lord, we thank you once again for each and every gift that you've given us. Help us to have the eyes to see them. We ask all these things, and we ask above all that you might sanctify us, and that we might act towards the glory of your name at all times and all places. We ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. This has been awesome. All right, everybody, we will see you in the new year, or you'll hear from us in the new year, because we never actually see anyone, even though we say that all the time. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, We got a Christmas episode after this one. We do. uh, We're going to take a couple weeks off uh, for Christmas time, and we'll be back uh, in January. 2021, here we come. 2021, that's right. Peace. Peace.
the Late to Church podcast is an AMET Creative production and is hosted by James Longoria and Nikki Moncada. Our theme music is Candle in the Shadows by The Poor Kings. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you download music. Incidental music is by Punch Deck. Find us on Instagram at Late to Church Podcast and let us know your questions, comments, and thoughts by contacting Late to Church Podcast at gmail.com. Your insights might even be featured on the show. Just a little reminder, you are good. You are worthy. You are the beloved. Look around for the Lord today. He loves you and he wants an encounter with you. Thank you for journeying with us. We're praying for you. Peace.